and welcome to another edition of the UK Law Weekly Podcast with me, your host, Marcus Cleaver. This week we're going to be looking at the case of the Crown on the application of KBR Incorporated and the Director of the Serious Fraud Office. The citation for this case is 2021 UKSC 2. And the case that we are looking at this week is not too complicated, but it still gets to some fundamental questions about how UK law operates in the context of the international stage. KBR Inc. is actually a US company that does not operate in or have a fixed place of business in the UK. However, it does have UK subsidiaries, including KBR UK, who had been investigated for fraudulent activity. In April 2017, the Serious Fraud Office, or SFO for short, issued a notice to KBR UK under Section 2.3 of the Criminal Justice Act 1987. Under that provision, the director of the SFO can require a person or company to produce documents that are relevant to an investigation into serious or complex fraud, and a failure to do so is a criminal offence. While KBR UK mostly complied with the notice, they also made the SFO aware that some of the requested documents were not held by KBR UK, but were in the possession of KBR Inc. in the States. After a meeting between the parties in July, the SFO handed the Executive Vice President of KBR Inc. a further notice related to the missing documents. At this point, KBR Inc. took action to try and quash the latest notice by applying for judicial review. The main thrust of their argument was that such a notice was ultra-vires, or outside of the power of the SFO, because Section 2.3 of the Criminal Justice Act 1987 cannot compel a foreign company with documents held outside of the UK to produce those documents. The Divisional Court disagreed and held that where a foreign company and a UK company are so closely connected, Section 2.3 can apply extraterritorially. KBR appealed to the Supreme Court, and that is where we pick things up. When thinking about this case, a good place to start is to go back to when, as a law student perhaps, you learnt about parliamentary sovereignty. One of the common examples that is given is that if it wanted to, Parliament could legislate to ban smoking in Paris. The idea is that even though this would be practically unenforceable, it is still something that Parliament could do. So how does this apply here? Well, outside of theoretical examples, Parliament does sometimes legislate extraterritorially, such as when certain crimes are committed abroad by a person who is habitually resident in the UK. However, the starting presumption for any provision is that it only applies within the UK because it is important to show respect for the sovereignty of other countries. Normally, if there is an intention for something to apply beyond these shores, then that will be clear within the legislation. So the question in this case is whether Section 2.3 of the Criminal Justice Act 1987 displaces the presumption. The section itself does not make any mention of extraterritoriality, and there is no conclusive indication from any of the other surrounding provisions either way. As part of their arguments, the SFO suggests that extraterritoriality should be implied because the purpose of the Act is to facilitate the investigation of serious or complex fraud. Often, that will have an international element to it, and so extraterritoriality is essential in order to properly fulfil that purpose. 
However, the justices examined the legislative history of the 1987 Act, and found that the intention appears to be that when evidence was required from outside of the UK, this should be acquired via international cooperation agreements instead of unilateral action by the UK. That original idea then appears to have been further developed over time as Parliament has further strengthened the ability of the UK to join and participate in such cooperation agreements. The international law concept of comity, which basically just means friendliness between nations, would be undermined if the UK authorities simultaneously considered themselves to have broad, sweeping powers as well. One of the other arguments put forward by the SFO was to rely on case law to create analogies for previous instances where a piece of legislation was found by the courts to have extraterritorial effect. However, the Supreme Court did not find any of these analogies especially close or convincing in relation to the present proceedings. Instead, they looked at the 2012 case of Serious Organised Crime Agency and Perry, where it was held that a disclosure order issued under Section 357 of the Proceeds of Crime Act 2002 could not be imposed on a person outside of the UK. There are a lot of similarities between that provision and Section 2.3 of the Criminal Justice Act 1987 that we are looking at here today. Ultimately then, KBR succeeded in their appeal, and the SFO will need to find an alternative way to proceed with their investigation. Overall, I think that this is probably the right decision. It is true that if the SFO were able to take unilateral action, then their investigations would be able to be more effective and less time-consuming. However, that has to be balanced against the importance of maintaining friendly relations with other countries. That might sound a little bit intangible, but it genuinely gives the UK closer ties with our allies and can also lead to cooperation on other matters. Giving the SFO wide-ranging powers would undermine that and actually threaten those relationships. In the past few years, as it appears Britain has adopted more of an island mentality, it is nice to see the Supreme Court still understanding the key role of diplomacy. Well, thank you very much for tuning into this podcast, and thanks as ever to bensound.com who provide the theme music. A quick reminder before we go that if you would like to support the podcast and help to keep it ad-free, then you can subscribe to my newsletter and earn yourself some nice perks, including more content from me each week and a free ebook on how to answer essay questions on a law degree. This week, in a special newsletter, I talked about the recent Shamima Begum decision. If that sounds like something you're interested in, then check out the link in the description to this podcast episode. Anyway, I'll be back with another episode next week, but for now, bye!